on this episode. Our question for you today, do you love yourself? Do you know what that question means? When you think in terms of love, um, there's lots of catchphrases, there's lots of, lots of statements that tell you how you're supposed to feel or tell you what that means, but do you know what it means to love? Here we go. Ready to dive in? Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Every episode, we explore, expand, and evolve our understanding of the truths we encounter and experience in our human quest for clarity and exponential growth. And now welcome your hosts, Dr. Jeffrey Smith and Jim Case. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting adventure of Oops, another Adventures in Truth podcast. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but hey there, Dr. Jeffrey Smith. How are you? Never better, Jim. And how are you today? I am well. Uh, I haven't gotten to that never better because it doesn't sound like me, but I guess I have to practice it for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the truth is I've never been better either. So there you go. But uh, <clears throat> so a interesting topic that we are visiting and revisiting. Um, we realized that uh, when we were looking at this, that um, we had uh, crossed this threshold a uh, long while back in our process here. So it's great to come back to revisit, um, to sort of explore it from this new perspective um, and uh, see where it takes us. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get going, how about we do our shout out? Let's uh, give a shout out to some amazing people out there. I was trying to think who today. I mean, I still obviously want to support those uh, those people who are doing uh, the frontline work during this pandemic, and um, you know, all over the world, we want to say hi and thank you, and and sending lots of good energy your direction. Um, knowing there's not a lot we can do other than continuing to be safe. And uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, sir, Jeffrey. Nope, just lots of love and gratitude going in that direction to anybody that is focused on taking care of others and uh, thinking beyond just themselves. Good stuff. So, Jeff, do you love yourself? I am in the process, for sure, of being more successful and doing that in an increasing fashion moment by moment, day by day, week by week, definitely evolving. If I, if I gave it an absolute yes, it would imply that we know everything there is to know about love, which I think would be a mistake to claim that we know all of that. But I absolutely know and experience. It's an, it's an experiential knowing when I say I know, not an intellectual knowing or factual knowing, mm -hmm. I know that I'm more in love with myself and more accepting and connected to myself than I ever have been. And in the way that that shows up is I'm less up, I'm less easily upset by anything. As a matter of fact, without it sounding disrespectful or or something negative, mainly the experience that we've been going through with the coronavirus, I'm finding it entertaining. I, I don't see it as a Holocaust. I, yes, a lot of people have it. So I suppose technically it meets the criteria of pandemic. I just see all the fear that is encased that comes along with it. And for me, in order to love myself and in order to be the energy of love, I can't be in fear 
and be in love at the same time. And that's something that you and I have consistently promoted as an idea and a belief. And, and honestly, folks, this is the perfect time to practice that. So if you truly love yourself, and if you truly are desiring to resonate in the energy and the frequency of love, you will find yourself naturally not being afraid because there just actually isn't anything to be afraid of. And we, and that's another thing that we have consistently said over and over and over and over again. So how you may ask, maybe there's another question in there as a follow-up of, do I love myself? I'm certainly learning to more and more. And the second question that I'll ask you to ask me indirectly by just doing it for you is, <laughs> how do you do that? Well, before so, we go there, let's go back a minute. Because okay. um, you said a lot of nice words in the beginning about where you feel you're at in the spectrum of love of self. Mm -hmm. But you didn't actually give any quantification, as it were. So how do you, what are you assessing against? What are you comparing to? How are you evaluating that experience of where you think you're at on the love spectrum of yourself? Or the feeling experience, whatever. I'm, I'm not trying to be specific in thinking or feeling. I just mean, in your experience, how are you defining? What are you, what are you what are you using for your benchmarks? What are you using for your? Uh... Yes. Yeah. So essentially, I'd like to put that back into the same context of if, if we could all see a scale in front mm -hmm. of us with fear on one side and love on the other, we're moving the needle from fear to love. That would be the context I'd like to try to answer that question in. The specifics or examples for me would also be if we use that same continuum of from fear to love, and we also use two other words to put in those same bookends, I would put external versus internal awareness and validation. So for me, fear and the external validation go together and love and internal validation go together. So one of the ways that I know that I'm loving myself more than I did yesterday or last week or last year is that I'm looking less to my outside world. I'm looking less to my external world to gratify, to comfort, to satisfy that I'm, I am learning in this journey toward becoming love, that there is nothing outside of me. There is no thing outside of me that is going to add to me. I, I am enough as I am. And that's the beauty and the fantastic experience that we have is that we are all that we need. And that's an amazing experience to little by little by little gain more clarity and understanding and wisdom and being able to practice that. That there is no thing, no one no time, no experience that is going to give me more than I already am that is outside of myself. There's no job. There's no possession. There's no relationship. Even my relationship with God. If we envision God is outside of me and I keep going and chasing after it, you're never going to find it. Right. God is within. So, so let's wrap that all up into a very beautiful package with a very beautiful bow, and we're going to call it one thing. And I'm going to ask if you happen to know what that thing is. I'd call it acceptance and enlightenment, exactly. awareness. Well, all of the things that you talk about are the basis for our confusion about love, I believe. And that is everything you talked about is a condition. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So we have learned from the get-go that love is conditional. If I do something, then, then the result is I will receive love, I will get love, I will be loved. If I do, you know, if I'm in the right behavior, I will be treated properly by my parents. Because if I do, you know, isn't it, isn't it amazing? It's one of those things that's always made me scratch my head is that it doesn't matter who or what your parents were 
by virtue of them being your parents, they were normal until they weren't, right? They were normal. That was what world, that's what life is. Whatever your parents presented for you for the first eight years of your life is the foundation of what you understand love to be. It is the foundation of what you understand love to be in your experience. So as we talk about this idea of love, we have to understand that there are so many layers, but the most important to me, the most important uncoupling is the transition from conditional to unconditional. And conditional meaning that, as we were talking about, whether I am loved, feel love, experience love is all based on conditions. It's all mm -hmm. based on an experience, something happening outside of self or a condition within self, depending. I mean, it, you, you can be conditional within the context of yourself, um, depending on your training, depending on your relationships, you know, uh, and that kind of stuff. So finding, finding that coupling point between conditional, unconditional, because it's the unconditional that takes us to the places that Jeff was talking about. It's, it seems more ephemeral, uh, but it, it's really not. It's actually even more, it's even more visceral and more practical and more powerful because there, you're, you're in an experience. You're not, trying to, you're not trying to create an experience out of the conditions that exist. You're just being in the experience. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's a, uh, it, I would like to, I'd like to chew on that a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to divert the conversation away from where you were going. I just wanted to put that layer in because I think it's important to us defining what is love. How do we, how do we understand what love is um, in the context of our own lives? Sure. So it was a great interject you did there. So one of the ways we could define love right now from the very, very beginning of our podcast today is love is unconditional. If there are conditions for which you love, that isn't love. Right. We would have to call it something else. To even Good. call it con conditional love would be a misrepresentation of the use of the word love. Because yeah. love is not conditional, you can't call it conditional love. They, that's an oxymoron. They don't go together. Yeah, let's rest on that for a minute. That's a, that's a very, very, that's a, that's a $25 thought right there. That's a, that's a big one. Um, let's, let's, I would love to drill that a little further because the, it's an agreement. That, yes. We're making agreements. We're making agreements based on these conditions. We're negotiating our worthiness. Uh -huh. <laughs> Ooh, that's even getting deeper and better. So we negotiating, negotiating our worthiness, creating conditions, contractual Emotional, contra emotionally contractual agreements for what it, what I need to do. Here are the criteria that I need to meet to be loved or lovable or loving. Interesting. How many of us out there have that experience of our own selves in love? Just wanted to throw that out to the listener and say, hey, how many of us have been there? I didn't see any hands go up. <laughs> I had two up, so I'm hoping that at least I got. <laughs> Powerful stuff. So, so um, a lot of understanding love. Some of it is is clearing out the things we, you know, they they say. Sometimes, in order to figure out what you do want, you have to know what you don't want. Um, same same process here in in defining love because. Again, we have to understand and have to remember, regardless of our current age, our concept of love was constructed very, very early. And while there are people and there are many souls who have found that unconditional space because it's a, it, it was more inherent or more natural to their environment, um, I would say that that's probably largely not most of our experiences. And and so maybe those you know those of you who have had awakening over the course of your adult life who, who have a better understanding of, of the experience of love grasp this probably immediately. Um, but we want to take this to the core. We want, you know, as we talked about in our last podcast, taking this time to, excuse me, to really focus our awareness. And, and we've talked about this idea of loving yourself and getting quiet and, 
And so we really want to dive into what that means so that you don't spend all of your time being confused and, and unfocused in your space, but that you at least have some anchors that can help you understand what you're navigating. Um, and part of that, I think, is, is getting to that place of how contractual is your love experience for yourself, for others, for your spouse, for your kids? You know, what does that look like for you? Right, right. To once upon a time, and I'd like to take a moment and, and, and do it again, uh, we did a little bit of a guided meditation where I asked our listeners to imagine themselves the day they were born, uh, being delivered, uh, cleaned up, wrapped up, and then handed to mom. And that moment of mom first holding uh, was a, I accept you and I love you. And the only conditions, if there were conditions, for baby to be loved by mother and accepted by mother was baby must be breathing. It's really difficult for moms to embrace a non-breathing baby. And of course, the baby had to be there. So being present and breathing to the best of my deepest meditations and trying to understand what are the requirements for love in the physical form, mm -hmm. all we have to do is be present to be there and to be breathing. And, and that's it. There's nothing else a baby needs to do. It can be crying. It can be fussy. It can be colicky. It could have birth defects. It's all kinds of misgivings and misalignments of peace and tranquility and all that, that a mother will still love. Because motherhood is, we look at motherhood oftentimes as the prima donna of the, the ultimate love of uh, mom doesn't want anything from you except a connection with you and an opportunity to love on you. That, that's, that's really all a mom wants to experience that, right? So very quickly after that first exchange happens between doctor and mom of giving baby to mom or nurse, however that works, uh, baby very quickly realizes I have to do this, this, and this to get mom's attention. So she feeds me and pays attention to me. I have to roll over at some point. I have to sit up at some point. I have to stand. I have to walk, talk, run to learn to clean my room. I have to go to school and get smiley faces on my report cards. Uh, all these conditions in which I am taught to perform, to do. I'm taught doing behaviors rather than being behaviors, right? Because when, when does mom ever just come and sit with me and let's do a meditation, honey. Let's just do eye contact and just breathe together mm. and just acknowledge the essence of our existence here that you and I can create a unity and just totally resonate in this fact that we're both here and we're both breathing. And isn't that cool? And I love you so much just to be in that space. Like nobody does that. Maybe that was done hundreds of years ago in some indigenous ceremonial thing. I don't know, but I don't know anybody that does that with their kid. Kid always thinks I must do something to get mom and dad's attention. And when I get their attention, then I feel loved. Then I feel like I'm worthy of their attention, which helps me translate that into I'm lovable, I'm acceptable. But it becomes performance-based on what we do rather than just who we are and that we be. And an, and an amazing gem for you listeners. Uh, you know, Jeff had talked about the, the meditative the potential meditation here, but I want you all to hear the, the, the critical point of this conversation, the crux of this entire thing. Present and breathing. Get present and breathe. I, I know over the course of my own journey, the number of times I've heard something similar to that in, in Eastern philosophies, in um, you know, as foundational kind of experience is that really it just takes getting present and breathing. Just be present and breathe. It's, it's the same message we're, 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 we're trying to share consistently, but whether it's with your kid, and I love, I love, love, love that you, that you tied this to a parent and child situation because um, that's where it begins. That's where it all evolves from. And, and, as you were describing that moment of sitting with your 
parent and, and having them say, let's just connect, let's just breathe together and, and make eye contact and be present with one another and feel our essences with, oh my God, just makes me want to weep sitting here in the chair. <laughs> Not because I feel neglected, but because the extraordinary beauty of that potential moment is just breathtaking to me. Right. Um, but, but considering that even beyond with yourself, you know, we talked about a, a lot in the, about meditation last time, get present and breathe. That's all that's required to touch who you truly are. I'm a bit dumbfounded. I got to be honest, because that's a, that's just an extraordinary thought to me. And, and um, on that thought, we're going to take a quick break. Um, let the readers and listeners digest that for a second. And we're going to come back with both barrels, baby. Here we come. <laughs> Hi everyone. Jim case here with adventures in truth podcast here to share some amazing news. We are partnering with E360 TV to bring you live stream of Adventures in Truth podcast. So what does that mean to you as the listener or the viewer? Well, we will be broadcasting two times a week on multiple live streams at the same time. So you'll be able to see us and interact with us. We'll be on Roku. We'll be on Apple TV. We'll be on Amazon. We'll be on Fire TV. We'll be on Facebook Live and we'll be on YouTube Live. This is going to be an incredible experience. These shows will be new material. You'll be able to interact and ask questions or leave comments. The best way to do that will be to go to Facebook Live because from Facebook Live, we can import all that information and we can engage with you real time. So join us Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Adventures in Truth podcast. Ready to dive in? All right, here we are. We're back, and uh, still kind of reeling from from that notion of get quiet and breathe. I could spend a whole day in that, um, but just extraordinary. So we've talked about unconditionalness. We've talked about uh, this contractual nature of love in in the human experience. How it's how like with many things, it's become a contract. It's become making agreements about negotiating our, our, our worth. Um, and that's another piece of this that I think is so profound is negotiating our worth where we, we spend an inordinate amount of our lives negotiating our worth instead of feeling our love, instead of experiencing our love. And somebody say, well, that's, they're two different things. No. If, if you know the experience of love unconditionally, then you know there is no thing you have to contract with to be worthy. You are. In that moment of breath and presence, you are. And by virtue of being, you are all. And you experience in a visceral, full body, every cell experience what that means. And that is, that is the cup runneth over in worthiness. <laughs> Not, I got to beg God for more worth. <laughs> you know? um, uh, yeah, it's such an interesting puzzle. So anyway, layering in the, the worth piece, understanding that, that that's driven off of that lack of core grounded connection to self. Has nothing to do with anybody else ultimately has nothing to do with your parents. Because again, you know, we've talked about this. This is, this is, you know, these are all agreements. This is all, you know, you set this up. This is your creation. This is your creation, my creation, Jeff's creation. Your life is your creation. So if you are the creator, O-R, creator, that means using the spark of God to illuminate and, 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 create your life if the foundation of that is love then the rest is easy right <clears throat> yes there's a, a couple other nuggets in here that we've glossed over i'd like to backtrack a little bit uh, push in a little farther on a couple of concepts and then come back to where we are when when you think about a mother child love uh, or let's go infant Let's go newborn infant. 
when we were talking about being present and breathing, what makes holding a baby so amazing is that they don't have anywhere else in their mind to be other than exactly what's happening in this moment. They don't have a schedule. They're not thinking about dinner later tonight. They're not thinking about what they were doing 10 minutes ago. It's all in the now. It's, they know they haven't, their little minds haven't become complex enough that you and I could be talking right now and I could be thinking about what I'm going to be doing three hours from now, even though you and I are having a conversation and I'm, I would be mostly present, but not fully present. Right? So an infant doesn't know how to be anything else except fully present. And when you're with a being that is fully present, it compels you to also join it at that place of being fully present. And that's why we love lap animals so much because of their simple minds to the way we understand it. They don't know how to be anything else but fully present either. They're not thinking two hours ahead or two hours ago. They're not. They're, they're only thinking about what is happening with me in this moment right now. And so our pets and our infants help teach us or remind us of how little time we actually spend being fully present. And of course, that's why we choose to meditate and we want to do that with other people who are like-minded that once again, trying to teach us how to be present. In that state of being present, that's when the door is fully wide open to experience love. It can't come at any other time or in any other amount that's actually so overwhelming. It would be sub-optimal to try to multitask the energy of love. If you're really wanting to experience the energy of love, you cannot be multitasking to get it, to experience that, for you to be vibrating in that energy. So wait, are you saying that you can't do things in when you, when you, you can only experience love doing nothing? Oh, I, that might be taking it too far, but I do believe that's when we feel it the most. And if you think about it as adults, if you think about a couple being intimate, it isn't the actual activities or the techniques or the positions that they're in practicing that intimacy. It's usually post-orgasmic where they're then breathing and cuddling and, and just don't even talk. Don't talk. You'll ruin it. You'll ruin this bubble unity advieta that we've created together. Let's just bask in this connection that we have created. And that's why porn comes up short because that's when the video stops. <laughs> the video stops before they show a couple just enjoying the unity that they worked so hard to create. Right. So to the, to the question I, I, I was, I was listening to your answer and, and allowing for more, um, because I think it poses a, a question that I think many of our listeners are kind of going, but what I get it, love is important, but if I can't do things, then what's the point? And again, I think the thing that's important to recognize is that presence is the important thing to start with, because what most of us lack is the ability to get present, um, except for, as Jeff was pointing out, for specific situations, maybe really good connection with a great partner in sex, maybe, um, uh, the, that those those moments when you meet that person that that stimulates you in a way you know what we call falling in love um, there is there is that period of no timeness it's everything is present the feelings are present the connection is present and and uh, so what we lack is experience in being in unconditional space what we lack is is the is the the training of that. Um, we lack the understanding of the importance of that. So it's again one of those deals from the outside looking in almost. Well, how is doing that going to help me feel better? You know, how is how is how am I going to find worthiness sitting in a lotus position, or how am I going to find love sitting you know being quiet? Well, what you're doing is you're getting present to now. You're getting quiet is eliminating distractions 
so that you can be an experience, be in an experience of who and what you are outside of all the distractions. And then once you become comfortable in that, then you begin to live a more unconditional experience so that that unconditional experience is filled with love and worthiness. If you've ever been near or around a master teacher uh, or, or uh, you know, someone who has, has ascended quite thoroughly through their meditation, um, you'll find that there is a natural desire to just be in their space because the space is so full and so rich and so full of love that we don't experience that on a regular basis. Sometimes people will have a little bit of rapture in their religion. Um, they'll ramp themselves up into a place where they'll get some experience of that. But this is, this is an experience of just presence. The very presence they talk about, you know, one enlightened person has more power than a million unenlightened people for that mm -hmm. very reason. Um, the presence is, is, is unreal. So remember, guys, we're practicing. We're not practicing. We're learning. We're on a learning curve. Um, of self, capital S self, that learning curve to love, that learning curve to all of it comes together. And we're ho I'm hoping that as you're listening to this, you're seeing that via all of these podcasts and these different things that we talk about on a weekly basis, these things all weave together in a very beautiful tapestry, but it's not complicated and it's not, it's not tough. It just requires a specific, more specific focus. So remember that we're starting with the foundation of building a tool. We're building new muscles. We're building the ability. Now, it sounds silly because that's inherent to who we are. Um, it is the basis of who we are, which is why I was so blown away with the just be present and breathe. It's all it takes. Be present and breathe. Um, yeah. And that's a state of being rather than a state of doing. But our, our children, we, we teach our children that if you want me to pay attention to you, the attention, I believe, is also a very, very important aspect of this discussion that we're having. When you pay attention to me, because I don't know how to do it for myself, yet I feel loved. And if I get good grades and I keep my room clean and I put my toys away and I pick the right friends and blah, 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 <clears throat> become a cheerleader or play sports and go to the right college, you will love me because I'm doing the things you're paying attention to. But if we don't get that kind of attention, then we go the other direction. And I'm going to start hanging out with other kids who are not getting an appropriate amount of attention from their parents. So I'm going to start hanging out with you and we're going to smoke cigarettes. I remember in high school, the kids that smoked cigarettes and then started smoking dope and started having sex early. And all of those behaviors are outcomes of a lack of parental attention. And, and we're going to get, we're driven toward getting attention from somewhere, whether it's positive attention or negative attention, we are driven to experience that and that's that's the path of a criminal they're getting attention they've gotten lots of attention and it's distorted it's it's a dissonance rather than a resonance but yet it's still a form of energy that is is better than nothing and is it better than a no because then i don't exist if nobody's paying attention to me i don't exist and then I just want to stand in front of a train or throw a rope around my neck or shoot myself in the head or something. Mm. That's what I run into in the clinical setting is people that have gotten to a place in their life where they're contemplating they don't want to be here anymore. It's because nobody's paying attention to them. Most importantly themselves because they have not learned how to do that. And, and there are no conditions meeting their need. And therefore the external, there's no condition that can support that anymore. Um, they've sort of worn out the condition. So we're going to take a quick break again. Uh, we'll be right back to, to carry on this. I have a thought about this that I'd like to dive into a little further. We'll be right back. 
Ranking Mastery is offering listeners a free 60-minute training. In this training, you will learn five simple things to get positioned in Google for all the products and services you offer. Together, we will learn and discover key phrases customers search all the time. Go to rankingmastery.com, look for the free training button and enter the code MYFREETRAINING. We urge you to hurry because spots are limited and similar trainings of this kind can easily cost thousands of dollars. Learn from the best, those who have generated over $4 million using these same exact strategies so that your company can take advantage of the top positioning in Google without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on Google ads or SEO agencies. Remember, your potential clients are searching Google every day for products and services just like yours, and this is your chance to claim your position on the web. The only way to get this amazing deal is to visit rankingmastery.com, click the free training button. Again, that's rankingmastery.com. All right, y'all, welcome back. Hope you had a good pause there. We've given you lots of food for thought. Um, I, I was thinking before the break, as Jeff was talking about um, this need for attention, um, one of the things that has, uh, Every now and again, recently, particularly, uh, we get into those wildlife shows on the television, um, like watching how different species do their thing. And, and some of the technology that we have now is quite remarkable about being able to get into their environment and, and see them acting in natural fashion. But to this point, the thing that strikes me um, when you think about, uh, and the, the pictures were just running through my head of all of the various births that I've observed of, of animal babies to their parents. And the animal baby to their parent, um, depending, on, depending on the species, has a certain amount of time that they are unconditionally supported within the environment of, of the parent or the herd or however that works. And once that time is done, it's done. They're now their own being as it were their own animal their own you know there's no more uh there's no apron strings there's no you know it's 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 unconditionally support and love support and love to the point of you being able to unconditionally love and support yourself and i'm i know i'm personalizing it um in a way that that probably doesn't apply to animals because they're not using the same cognitive functioning that we are but my point being that transition from an unconditional love space that enables the, 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 the full formation of this new creature that then feels supported to continue its own, in, its own survival because it's been brought up, it's been taught, it's been loved, and it's been supported in its, in its itness. You know, if it's a lion, it's supported in its lionness. It's not being compared to cougars and leopards by its parent. It is being a lion and being supported in being 100% lion in an unconditional fashion until it's able to be lion on its own. That to me is pretty extraordinary and what we lack in the human experience. We don't bring our kids into the world and nurture them unconditionally until they're ready to become and be fully realized human beings. And my God, what a trip that would be if we focused our our parenting in that specific fashion, that nothing was more important than that space of unconditionalness to allow them to find their humanness. <laughs> I love your analogy using animals, Jim, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, well, I, I can only imagine, honestly, uh, a lion probably isn't thinking it should be more of a lion than it is. It probably yes, isn't exactly. thinking, I, I should have went to that lion school instead of this lion school, or I should be wearing these lion shoes instead of those. It, it just, it's just a lion. I don't mean that pejoratively or negatively, just right. it is and knows that it is what it is, and it's okay with that. So it can love itself as a lion if, if lions are able to love in that fashion. But my goodness, we compare ourselves and we believe that there is something missing within us that, the, that we lack. We have shortcomings somewhere. And that drives us back to the external versus the internal conundrum of I'm looking, to, I'm looking outside myself to satisfy that which can only be satisfied from an internal 
adventure and discovery of I am human, just like I am lion. Lion lacks, there's no part of a lion that isn't a lion. There, there isn't like, oh, look, that lion's only part of a lion. <laughs> and you don't go on safari and go, God, that lion is acting like a giraffe. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I just, it, is, it is humorous. Yeah. And yet so we do it to each other and different races and different, we do it all the time. It, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. Please, sorry, I jumped in with my joke and, and derailed your, your thought process there. Well, there's a couple of, just to kind of go back and look at all of the layers that we've pulled back and going further and further into this. We started out with the continuum between love and fear, and we're trying to leave fear behind and move and operate more in the love side of that continuum. And then on top of that, we had conditional versus unconditional expressions of love on top of that. There's a continuum there. Um, then we had this doing versus being another continuum. So you have fear, conditional and doing on one side and you have love, unconditional and being on the other side. And they're all three ways of, conceptualizing this topic that we're trying to talk about. And for the rest of the podcast, we're going to continue to add some more layers to this so that at the end of the podcast, we can actually have a very nice definition of what love is. Right. Cool. Keep pulling that all together. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, it, it's funny that you did that because I was literally thinking that before you started talking was, okay, we got to pull the threads because we, we started talking about what is love and, and how do we talk about that? And, and that mm -hmm. was beautiful and brilliant and perfect for bringing us right back to where we need to be. Right. And prior to the break, we had just introduced the idea of attention versus what would the opposite of attention be? Uh, ignoring. Uh, yeah. Ignoring, I suppose, feeling ignored or feeling invisible. Uh, attention versus intention. Well, I was thinking of I'm getting attention from my parents, which mm -hmm. allow me to learn how to pay attention to myself as opposed to nobody's paying attention to me. Okay. And therefore, I, I was I'm, thinking in terms of attention, meaning going out to get validation, intention, focusing your energy on really getting, but that's, that's different. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we could agree that <laughs> if I'm not getting the attention from the people that are most important to me to help me learn that I am whole, complete, and I lack for nothing, and that I am human, and I'm not trying to be something else. I, I don't have to try to be. That's, that's the problem that we do, is that we're trying to be something that we already are, mm -hmm. and that there isn't any way to complete what we already are. It doesn't matter how many buildings you own or how many titles you have. You can't put any more finishing touches on what we already are. So that, that brings up a really interesting point. And, and maybe you said this, but so in order to love or be, or to experience love, we lack for nothing. Meaning there is, there is nothing broken, wrong, missing, not functioning, not working. Those are all conditions. Believe it or not. Those are all conditions. So mm -hmm. there is, if it's presence and breathing, that doesn't include anything else, presence and breathing. So presence and breathing says everything about who this being is, is worthy and valuable and full of love. So you don't, uh, it, this, the, the conversation again, back to another paradigm we've talked about, the be, do, have uh, paradigm um, that I learned many, 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 many years ago, that the process of creation, the process of our lives is about being, then doing, then having. But the beingness is the first one. And the reason it's important is because it sets the foundation for everything else. If you are being, then out of beingness, you will be inspired to do something whatever that something is, because love will compel you, because life will, will, will take you to that place of, 
of what's your next step, where you want to be, what do you want to do, who are you, all of those. But beingness is where you get to that inspired place. The beingness takes you to doing this. And because you're operating from, a, from an inspired place, you generate the havingness. So you're, you're not, it's not an acquisition process. It's, it's a creation process, right? Creation, it evolves. Creation continues. It's not a beginning, middle, and an end. It's a process. It's an evolution. It's, it's, but it's all driven on where are you in beingness? And are you allowing yourself to be inspired? And out of that inspiration, are you creating? What, how are you evolving that? And it still comes back to the same basic beingness premise, the same need to be. Sorry, my wire got all tangled. Um, <laughs> yeah, so be, 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 being. Um, I would love to dive in a little bit more to this, um, how we can support this concept of, of creating this space of, and that may be a whole other topic, actually. Um, this idea of creating the space for kids, for the, for your children to be to experience unconditional mess. Um, big deal. Um, and it's tough because we're all conditioned. We're all conditioned to have conditions. We've been right. brought up to have conditions. So, so one of the, in trying to, I love the question, Jim, and the idea of how do we teach unconditional love? Well, it wouldn't be by doing something. So any activity is a distraction because an activity to some level is going to have some amount of competition involved with it. If we're playing Monopoly, there's the winner and a loser for most games. I'm not saying all games, but most games, most activities, there's some level of performance. We would go shoot baskets. Well, how many did you make? How many did you make? And, and we, for some reason, our egos need to keep score and we need to compare and, and, and most games they're fun to play but there's usually one person who's enjoying it more than another <laughs> so there's one team that's happier than the other at the end of the game mm -hmm. and that's that's a condition versus just an experience so where back when i was a kid uh, between when i was a kid and my kids were a kid a blue ribbon at a track meet meant you won the race when my kids ran track everybody got a ribbon for just being there and being part of the track team and my generation made fun of that it's like oh you got a uh, you got an attendance ribbon or you got a participation ribbon and that's actually a better way to look at it it really it truly is there, there does not need to be a champion because in order that you're creating separation mm -hmm. in a champion a champion separates the best from less than the best right so unconditional love is a, is a unity. It's an advieta. It's a oneness. It's an allness. Love is all inclusive. Uh, where we go, in my opinion, where we go astray or wrong with regard to religion is religion teaches that God is over there and I got to go find him. And if that, and that's what promotes conditions of, I have to follow these rules do more of this, less of that in order for God to love me. <laughs> so whether it's a parental love or then later on in life, you start going to Sunday school or you get some exposure at some point to this power greater than yourself, this, this universal love still seems in our minds to have conditions for which I am acceptable mm -hmm. and for which I will get paid attention to, which again, we got to throw that out. That, 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 concept doesn't serve us it truly does not serve us uh, so there's two more bookends that we can put on our list of what love is and what love isn't is what love isn't is dualistic what live what love is is an allness a oneness a unity a yoga that's what love is it includes all it means i am i am period you could just stop it right there i am and that's, that's actually what Christ said many, many times. I am. And people went nuts over that. Oh, my, you're saying that you're God. And he's like, yeah, I, I did just say that. I did pretty just much. say that. Yes. Pretty much just said that. Why, why, how is that a problem? Who's that hurting? 
Yeah. Why can't you tolerate that? Why do you need to see yourself as separate from God? As yes. long as you do, you will be practicing conditional love rather than an unconditional love. You are God. Let's take a moment on that one, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Question. Would you like more Adventures in Truth podcast? We've got you covered. In addition to all of the major platforms we're on, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, we are now going to be live streaming two times a week. Our live casts will take place Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. These will be brand new shows, and we're looking forward to your interaction. And you can do that by joining us on our Facebook page at Adventures in Truth and type in your questions, and we will uh, answer them right there on the air with you. So we're looking forward to seeing you there, and we appreciate you so much, and thank you for enjoying and engaging with Adventures in Truth podcast. Can you help me push a little farther into the duality? Yeah, as yep, as that, that's how we're, we're at. The, we are coming to a close here for this particular episode, so it's a good way to wind it down. So, where do you, where do you want to go? Into the duality. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember about what age I was where I became aware that that's how the game is set up, the game of life, the religion, philosophy, this notion of. I am not part of the all. Um, it's probably within the last decade I began to question that and to realize that if, if there is duality and all of these opposites, then, then that those truly are conditions of which cannot be overcome. It's like the step one would have to be this notion that are part of one experience we are part of one universe we are part of one that love doesn't have pieces it doesn't have categories levels <laughs> it just it just is there may be some people who are practicing more of it and there are people who are getting exposed to it and are stepping into it and being that energy more frequently and as they do, it builds on itself and it becomes a desire to be in that space more and more and more and more. And as we do, then we tend to look to the external less. Mm -hmm. We realize that trinkets on my hands and my fingers and stuff, the stuff, the stuff of the world begins to lose its uh, interest to us because we realize you that's duality. If I put something on myself, I'm trying to add something to my life that cannot be added to. You, you just can't improve. You can't increase. A lion can't be more of a lion. Yeah. It's just not possible. Can you imagine well, that, a lion wearing a ring? Yeah. And, you know? <laughs> well, we've been trying. We've been dogs and dresses and skirts and shoes and boots and all kinds of craziness. Well, the dogs aren't trying to do that. It's people that. No, no, no. That, yeah, no. Right? The people yeah. are doing that to the to the animals. Yeah. Um, I, I would uh, to add to the to piece about duality. I think that the importance in understanding duality is that that's the moment. I think when you when you see the vast divide between beingness and doingness, when you become acutely aware of there's a whole world going on over here that. I've been participating in that makes no sense to what I feel. It makes no sense to what this other experience of connectedness and, and, and so we walk that divide for a while because we don't know how to be in the world, but not of it yet. We don't know how to navigate all of the weight of the training that all human beings go through. That mass consciousness becomes a challenge because we don't know how to operate in that field of unconditionalness because our world is monumentally conditional in everything we do. So finding the space in the duality, one is the recognition of it. So once you recognize it, then the space out of duality is choosing your viewpoint, meaning 
choosing where are you going to put your energy because you can't put it in both. And I think Jeff made that point earlier. You can't have fear and have love. They don't exist in the same universe. They don't exist. I mean, in the same context, they don't, you can't have one in the, you can't have them both. Right. So navigating the duality, one is becoming conscious. Second is recognizing it for what it is, which is a bizarre thing in and of itself, um, I think. Um, but it's still a very much a reality uh, in understanding how so much of what we've learned and what we do is just utter nonsense. Um, and you can choose to be decimated by that. You can choose to be destroyed by that. And some are. Some go through a huge dark night of the soul because there was a neglect to the, to the duality for so long that the only way they could break free was, was to break down because their resistance became so strong to, I can't live, I can't be in an unconditional world. How do I live in an unconditional world? But I want to be unconditional um, because it is our nature, because it is the core of who we are. It's important that that, that message really resonate because that's our reality. It isn't that we are inherently broken, messed up human beings. We are brilliant, incredible sparks of God that are allowing ourselves to live in a duality because we think capitalism and monetarism and, and, and all of the structures we've built are more important than who we are. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Good points. Really good stuff there. We are love. We are God. There's a holy book that says God is love. So we've just kind of completed that question or that equation. <clears throat> so at the beginning here, I asked you, do you love yourself? How would you answer that question now? Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. And, and that experience is because? Because I don't have to do anything to be in love with myself. I, it just requires acceptance. It requires the awareness that I came here for a variety of different experiences, and they're all good, even the hard ones, even the ones that some groups would call sin or misappropriation or immorality or whatever. They're all experiences we came here that we were given permission to explore, to know who you are. You do have to know who you're not. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to complete extremes. You don't have to go commit murder to know that you're not a murderer. Uh, so don't, please don't take it that far. <laughs> I would, um, I would, ask the listeners to, uh, if they don't remember, go back to the intro of our show, go back to the beginning of the show when, when Jeff answered that question the first time and listen to the first answer and then listen to the second answer. And the reason I ask you to do that is because neither answer was scripted. We don't script our show. Um, so we're not operating from, a, oh, we, we got to hit this point and, oh, we got to get to this point. We do <laughs> structure it timing wise, but we don't structure the message. So Jeff didn't know I was going to ask that question in either case. Um, and he answered it straightforward and honestly in both cases. And I just, I would ask the listeners, notice, notice the tremendous difference in the answer. Notice the difference in the feeling of the answer. Notice the difference in the quality of the answer and the lack of needing to explain it. It just is. Mm -hmm. And when he said it, you could feel it. When he said it before, it was all words. It was word soup. It was, you know, here's this concept and that concept and concept, love, concept, concept, concept. And we spent our hour defining that because that's what we wanted to take it to the next level. And the answer to that question was categorical, yes. There's no other answer. There's no other true answer. You can have lots of answers, but when you get there, when you feel that, even though you know you're not all there yet because you're never going to be all there yet. <laughs> you know, this is just one part of this journey here on the planet is one part of the journey. And we keep thinking it's the end of the journey. So therefore it's ending. That's not the reality of who we are. The reality of who we are is so much more than that. And we're learning, we're evolving, we're growing, we're developing, we're expanding, 
every single minute of every single day of every single portion of our life, even if it doesn't feel like it, because if you don't know what you want, then you know what you don't want. If you don't know what you don't want, you can learn what you do want. But ultimately, it's all driving us to feel love. Ultimately, it's all driving us for just to stop, get present, and breathe. That's all we want to do. And uh, I can't think of a better way to bring this, this particular episode to a close. Um, you got something you want to, to bring to the close, Jeff? More? Additionally? Just to ask folks to be everything you just said and work toward less of the external, uh, more of the internal with regard. If you're really looking for love, it's inside you. It's not outside you. You have to go within and to realize that's where God is also. You keep looking for God outside yourself. You're going to be on a long, long journey. <laughs> Good stuff. Guys, this has been an amazing conversation. It's going to sit with me for quite a while. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we're looking forward to uh, bringing you a whole lot more. And there's a lot of other great things coming down the pipeline um, here. We're going to be starting live shows next week. And uh, we'll have some information about that shortly. Isn't that exciting? That's very mm -hmm. exciting. <laughs> So thank you all for joining us. Have an amazing rest of your day. So long, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Truth podcast. If you would like to listen to more or to explore all our offerings, visit us on the web at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com.